You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number two. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Uh, Usher being named the halftime of the Super Bowl musical act. Uh, we're going to play some Usher the rest of the morning. Yeah! Like this, this is a banger. Yeah, we are. This yeah. is certified banger. Yeah, like as I look kind of at Spotify, I was, like, I was like, yeah, this is going to be wide-ranging. There are going to be a lot of people that know these songs. Uh, you want to text us in 960-960, the next Usher song you oh, want to hear. Go request. ahead. Taking your request now. Yeah. Doing your request. At the bottom of the hour, Derek Cool is the voice of the flames on Sports at 960. But right now, super late to him. We apologize. In the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, we say good morning to uh, the host of Real Kipper and Born on uh, Sportsnet, which is awesome, um, and former NHL or Stanley Cup champion, Nick Kiprios. Good morning, Kip. How are you? I'm well, guys. How are you? We're good. Um, exciting 10 nothing win uh, last night for the Calgary <laughs> Flames. But I wanted to ask you this. So I don't know if you saw this on social media, Nick. Uh, Taylor Swift was at the game last night uh, between the Chiefs and the Bears. Uh, it was all over social media. It's everything they're talking about. I don't want you to give any names of the players, but when you played with the Rangers in the mid-90s, you guys are winning Stanley Cups. You guys were the talk of the town. Who's the most famous person you saw in the dressing room that maybe one of the guys was dating? Well, there were a few models at the time. Um, yes. The one that, uh, well, Mark, obviously, with uh, Madonna was a big deal, you know, but that was just before I got there. Mm. Um, but there were, there was a couple of times when his phone rang and we knew who was on the other <laughs> the other end of the call. So, um, but, uh, yeah, without naming any names, there was a couple of option uh, practices uh uh, up at Ride Playland, you know, and outcome out of the sauna was uh, anything but New York Rangers. Let me put it that way. So I mean, I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, fun times. Yeah, not quite Taylor Swift uh, material, but uh, good for us. Yeah, uh, but Madonna was the Taylor Swift of the time. The... Oh, no question. That was a big deal. Oh, yeah. That was a huge deal. Did you ever uh, ask him about it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, in terms of, uh, <laughs> you know, the link was through, the, the link was, was through uh, Janet Gretzky, right? Sure. So at the time, I think they were filming a movie together and, uh, you know, just some innocent fun. Uh, but uh, New York, you know, you look up in the first six rows and it could be, you know, some of the biggest movie stars and, and uh, entertainment people in, in the world there, and you kind of take a double take, but you don't want to make sure you get caught on the bench staring too long or else you get a, mm. a slap on the side of the head that says, focus on the game, you know? Mm. Did you ever have a problem when you played for the Whalers? I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you looking in the stands yeah, of the old Hartford Arena there? <laughs> Oh yeah, some of the top insurance people in the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. Games. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, you, know, you can't. You wanna. You wanna. You wanna find a a, a hot accountant. You yep. play in Hartford. Yeah, you do. Um, Kip, I wanted to ask you. Uh, a ten nothing win. Um, I, I know it's totally meaningless, but 
It has to mean something, just positive vibes in the room. And especially when you score a nice goal, it's just all about confidence, right? The guys know it's all meaningless, but there is something to be said about confidence when, when you just destroy a team like that in preseason, right? Listen, I've been through enough training camps at either a junior level, a pro level. You take what you can get out of anything, even uh, inter-squad games. Uh, the one thing about confidence you got to understand is it has to start somewhere, right? Uh, a first game, a first goal, it doesn't matter where it is. And it's just a bit of a rallying point. And, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, you don't want to make too much out of a 10 nothing, you know, thumping uh, in, in, in the first preseason game. Um, you know, but don't tell that to Coronado who – who comes in still questioning? Can I play with these guys? Can I? Uh, how good can I be? How how long can I stay on a top six line? Uh, all of that. So I mean that that first that first game, that first preseason game's over. And now it's up to Matt now to take it and and turn it into two games and, and turn it into four and turn it into a starting lineup and then turn it into uh your job right and 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 now it's not it's not uh what can he do it's you know maintaining uh, a level that he's already proved even though it's a short stint at to hold but like i said it has to start somewhere so uh you don't want to make too much out of it but at the same time it sure beats losing 10 nothing who do you think this has more of an impact on, the younger players or the veterans who were here last year and went through a really tumultuous season? Uh, believe it or not, uh, uh, the older players are absolutely thrilled, you know, when they see young players. Like, you know, there's a fine line between, uh, you know, is this guy going to help me or is this guy going to steal my job, right? That's a very individual thing depending on, you know, where you are in the lineup. But for a guy like Jonathan Huberto and and and, and Kadri, right, and, and Lindholm, they absolutely love watching the, uh, the, uh, the, the push from the young kids and the energy that they bring and the livelihood. And, uh, hey, this is, uh, you know, if we can get, you know, I, I mean, for, 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 for Matt, I, I'm not sure what, what what would constitute you know um you know obviously a, a running into a a rookie of the year scenario with perhaps what we think is going to be of course Connor Bedard would be seen as a, a huge home run for Calgary um what does that mean can he can he hit 15 and 15 mm. can he push it to you know a 20 goal season if he can stay on a top 6 uh but you know if, if that's the case, then that absolutely will help take Calgary to another level over last season. And it's, it's the young kids that have to keep pushing uh, the veterans and more importantly, pushing the energy that sometimes they lacked, of course, last season. And the best way to do that is with your youth. Flames play a split squad game tonight against the Kraken. What was the emotion when you found out in the morning that you were part of the road team in a split squad game? Listen, I would take anything I could get. Trust mm -hmm. me. You know, at the end of the day, 
there, there's a there's a much different vibe when you get a a situation where you got to go into a, a a different arena and it's a little bit more hostile and you know you look at around the lineup and you're trying to read the tea leaves what does this mean for me and and all of the case uh, around that but at the end of the day you just focus on what you can do and how to have your best showing and you know a goal or assist or a hat trick uh, in a, a split squad road game to, to any individual means just as much as, uh, as Matt's hat trick uh, in front of a hometown crowd in, in, in a home building. So again, it's a very individual thing this time of year. You want to, you want to show that you can play within a team concept, but at the end of the day, you're just playing for yourself. You're playing for a spot and you're playing to impress people above you and at least uh craig and his team got a very good sample size uh last night and build off of it you know that's that's all you can say without making too much out of it um nick when you're a veteran guy and, and, you, and you're in training camp and there's all these new players new faces do the veterans learn all the names of the younger guys or they really don't <laughs> Well, if you're you're Jonathan, I think you made a comment last night that he hasn't talked to, to Matt too uh, often, and, and maybe he won't now that uh, you know he's on such a roll. But um, I just recall the feeling that I got as a young kid. I, I broke into uh, the NHL with the Philadelphia Flyers training camp, and I just remember you know the feeling that I had when a guy like uh, Dave Poulin. Um, the late Brad McCrimmon, Mark Howe, when they came up and you, they talked to you and they asked you, how's it going? And just the, the feeling that you got, like, oh, my God, he knows my name. I was just watching him on TV last year and watching them, you know, and how famous they are. And now I'm, I'm interacting with them on and off the ice. And it's just a surreal feeling sometimes. So, you know, that, that stuff really matters to young players this time of year. And you, 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 you see, um, you know, right in front of your eyes, you see this line where you, you go from, you know, looking up to them and putting them on this pedestal to, to one day saying, I'm their equal, that I'm on that side now. I'm with them. I'm one of them. I'm not just somebody with a, an autograph book, you know, uh, behind the scenes. And that takes time. And for some, it hits them right away where they can do that. And then there's a guy like me who I needed two or three years to, to turn that feeling of looking up to these guys to, I can be one of them. And I can be one of those guys that eventually ends up being a, a veteran and, 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 and finding a young kid that can make me feel as good as a Dave Poulin did one day. So that's, that's the challenge of these guys is truly believing that they belong. And, um, you know, sometimes it takes time, you know, for, for Calgary flame fans, maybe, maybe Matt, Matt had that moment last night. And, and if he did, then he could find himself certainly in a, a Calder Cup, uh, 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 Calder Trophy uh, race, perhaps, with some of the, the bigger names. 
Nick Kiprios, uh, host of Real Kipper and Born on the Sportsnet Radio and Television Network. Stanley Cup champion joining us here on the Atlas Beats and Sports Podcast Hotline. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Um, how much does Nazem Kadri need to play like Nazem Kadri again this season for the Flames? We saw it. We saw it in flashes, but when he's on that edge, Nick, where he's borderline getting suspended for some things, I feel like that's the best version of Naz. Do you think we'll see that maybe a little more this season after he has that one year in Calgary under his belt? Yeah, I really do. And, uh, you know, yeah, for whatever, for, for whatever reason, uh, you know, not just Kadri last season, but we mentioned Hubert O and, and the whole team and the inconsistencies and the lack of energy and, and all of it. He just kind of got sucked right in there with the, the rest of the group. But, you know, from from what I gathered from last night, you know, watching in and out and uh, and seeing the highlights, I mean, that's the cadre that you paid, you know, seven million dollars for. You know, the 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 ability to to make a play, a pass, a thread pass to Hubert on that uh, that amazing toe drag uh, goal, uh, the ability to work behind the net and uh, his backhand roof goal was you know, quite the spectacle in and itself. And he can, he can beat you in, in so many ways. And he did it to help Colorado win a Stanley cup. And there's just no reason why, I mean, he's in the prime of his career. He's he, I, I believe he's a legitimate, uh, you know, 80, 90 point guy. And again, on a, on a great run, he could flirt with a hundred points. He's, he's proven that. So uh, you just hope that uh, there's a lot more looks of last night and the one that you saw in Colorado this season coming up for Kadri, but I'll never underestimate this guy. And uh, uh, I just, yeah, I think it was a good signing and, uh, and one that probably, you know, was a little less expensive when you consider he came off of an amazing season with a Stanley cup. And I, I think, I think it's it's worth the while right now to think that the Kadri can find the, and regain that Colorado touch. Yeah, for sure. And again, I'm not I'm not condoning him to get suspended. Save your text messages, please. I'm just saying when he plays on the edge, I think that's the best version of Nazem Kadri. Uh, before I let you go, wanted to ask you about this whole William Nylander want to play second line center for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Is this an instance where? Tree wants to uh, maximize the deal he's going to give out to Nylander and kind of justify maybe giving him $10 million because, look, he's also playing center for us. Or is this more of indictment that maybe John Tavares can't be the second-line center anymore on the team, Nick? Uh, yeah, that, it's it's going to be interesting to watch this thing uh, uh, unfold. And, you know, before you read the tea leaves on what this could mean for John Tavares, I just think that... Uh, that Willie's going to have to prove that first and foremost that, uh, you know, at the NHL level, uh, he can play a, a 200 foot game. And we, like, there's no, there's no blow in the zone. There's no cheating. There's no, you know, multiple breakaways because, you know, you, you're, you're, you're guesstimating when the puck's going to come out of your own zone. As a centerman, man, you got to go in deep. You got to work really hard at both ends of the ice. And, for, for Willie to do that consistently is going to take uh, quite some time, I think, to, to prove it over. And if it's the case where he can uh, look like a, a solid centerman uh, with, without the, the blowing the zones, 
then possibly it could mean something in, in, in a ripple effect for Tavares moving into that third slot, you know, when push comes to shove, uh, when games really matter down the stretch. But I, I think Willie's got a long way to go to prove that, uh, you know, this means uh, long-term ramifications. Um, he's a talented player. Perhaps they want him to have the puck a little bit more. Um, but playing in your own zones a huge part of being an NHL centerman and, uh, and, and we'll see where this thing goes in the next few weeks. And, you know, for maybe Leaf fans and Brad, let's see if it turns into something that uh, he can hold uh, by the time uh, Christmas comes around. Uh, Nick, before I let you go, uh, congratulations on the show moving, getting to television. Give us the details on that for our listeners who haven't heard. Yeah, we're going to be uh, going from four to six Eastern, uh, 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 the first show, much like what we've done in the past, we'll, we'll focus, uh, and we were always a Toronto Maple Leaf kind of centric show, uh, but the second hour will be uh, more of a National Hockey League feel, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll cover it from, from coast to coast, and uh, really looking forward to just having some fun and, uh, and bringing some of that, uh, some of that youthful energy uh, mm. at uh, 57 for me anyways, and uh <laughs> I got Sammy McKee. I got Justin Bourne. Love those dudes. We're just going to have a lot of fun. Yeah, big fan of those dudes. Big fan of yours. Uh, All the best on the new show, Kipper. We always appreciate your time. Uh, Let's do this again soon. Thanks for this, pal. Anytime, guys. Thank you. There he is, uh, the host of Real Kipper and Bourne on the Sportsnet Radio and Television Network, Stanley Cup champion, former Hartford Whaler, some big-time insurance people in the stands when he played for the Whale. Yeah, a lot of suits. Yeah, a lot of suits. Yeah, you get yourself covered. That's right. A lot of insurance, though. Uh, straight ahead. I don't know if this guy had a better Sunday than yesterday. Mm. I don't know how he can top today mm. or yesterday. Got well, What has he got planned? Like mm. I, It was a good day for Derek Wills yesterday, the voice of the Flames on Sports at 960. We'll talk to him next. And uh, we're coming in and out with uh, Usher songs all morning because he's been named the halftime act for the Super Bowl, which goes down Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. Uh, we'll play Usher songs uh, in and out of, uh, well, into, uh, coming out of the break. Uh, Wedley, we also got one fired up from Wedley, our man in Bridalwood. Oh, hardcore great. listener Wedley. Uh, we'll A deep do... cut or what? Uh, not really. Okay. But uh, get your Usher song in as well, 960, 960. Mm. Name and location. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. OMG by Usher. Curtis of her man. Wedley and Bradawood, uh, Usher being named the uh, halftime act of the Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas in February. Uh, we're playing Usher songs all morning. 960, 960, name and location. Request the one you want to hear at 8 o'clock. Uh, we'll talk to Charles Davis. NFL on CBS will join us. He had the uh, Seahawks and Panthers game yesterday from Seattle. He'll join us at the top of the hour, but right now, I don't know if it gets any better for our next guest. He is the voice of the Flames on Sportsnet 960 on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. A 70-burger for your Miami Dolphins and a 10-spot for the Calgary Flames. Was yesterday maybe the pinnacle of your sports-watching life, Derek Wills? Yeah, maybe the best day of my life, period. (laughs) (laughs) How sad is that? A preseason game and a week three victory. Come on now. Yeah, well, you take what you can get. Yeah. I mean, 
just uh, to pull the curtains back a little bit. So I knew the Dolphins were playing at 11 o'clock, but I also knew it was Flames game day. So I did as much prep as I could on Saturday and then did a little bit of prep uh, before, during, and after the morning skates yesterday. Got home, sat on the couch. I changed out of my suit and into my Dolphins paraphernalia. So I'm sitting on the couch with my laptop, but I would only work during commercials. So I was focused on that football game yesterday. And I mean, I've been a Miami Dolphins fan since they played in the Super Bowl in 1985. And that was the the craziest game that I've ever seen. And they put 70 up on the Broncos without Jalen Waddell. And after taking out Tua Tungabailoa and Tyreek Hill after the third quarter, I think they played five seconds of the fourth quarter. So that was bonkers, guys. And then last night, I mean, yeah, preseason against what was basically the Abbotsford Canucks. But still, the Flames have played uh, against that level of competition the preseason before. Games you think they should win going away, and they lose. So, you know, for a team that had a really tough time scoring goals last night, they kind of did to the Canucks what uh, so many teams did to the Flames last season. The Flames scored 10 on 26. The Canucks scored 0 on 26. It was just a a weird hockey game, but uh, good to see the guys put the puck in the net because they didn't do that often enough last season. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we're going to talk more about the Flames straight ahead. I just wanted to ask you this. Two things. Uh, Number one, uh, the speed of the Dolphins is just incredible on offense. They just look so damn fast. And number two, do we not talk enough about the home field advantage they have in Miami where the visiting team has to bake in the sun on the sideline? Just ask the Bills about it because they're still complaining about uh, the heat from last year's loss at Hard Rock Stadium. I, I think it might be the biggest home field advantage in all of sports. And, hey, you got to give Stephen Ross and the Dolphins credit. They redesigned that stadium and they made sure the Dolphins were in the shade and their opponents were in the sun, knowing that most games would be played at 1 o'clock Eastern time. So that's uh, some brilliant stadium design there. But as far as the speed, George... It starts with the play caller, Mike McDaniel, and then continues with the quarterback to Atungavailoa, who is getting rid of the ball faster than any quarterback in NFL history. His anticipation is off the charts. He throws the ball before his receivers even break the routes. It's craziness. And then you've got the fastest guy in the league in Tyree Kill, maybe the second fastest guy in the league in Jalen Waddle, who didn't play yesterday. And then yesterday they unveil another weapon in Devon A-Chain, who might be one of the top five or ten fastest players in the league, and they've got Raheem Mostert as well. And, hey, from a fantasy perspective, I think Mostert had 41 or 42 points, and A-Chain had 48 or 49. Like, eight touchdowns between those two guys yesterday. And then another four for Tua. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Uh, Must be good times to be a Broncos fan this morning. I wonder what sports talk's like in Denver this morning. Yeah, I mean, uh, it almost looked like they quit on Sean Payton, didn't it? They did. And that's the problem because he's locked into a long-term and very lucrative deal there. What what do you do? I mean, he kind of called out Russell Wilson, was it last week, telling him to stop kissing babies and whatnot. Uh, And then he leaves him in there for that slaughtering yesterday. I couldn't believe he was still in there in the fourth quarter. You're not coming back. Get your, your number one quarterback out. But no, I guess maybe they're just throwing in the towel on the season or, or maybe he was trying to prove a point or I guess maybe not knowing. Maybe Wilson wanted to stay in there, but uh, 
Yeah, it uh, it doesn't look like a marriage made in heaven between him and Peyton right now, that's for sure. Shades of uh, Mario Tremblay leaving in Patrick Waugh in that game against yeah. the Red Wings, which was his last game as a Montreal Canadian. Um, preseason last night, um, the one thing that, that really struck me was we, we've been talking about that Matt Coronado shot a lot, and last night it was on full display. Like, if you're a Flames fan and, and you're just pining for younger guys to get into the lineup, how excited should they be about Matt Coronado? Very. Uh, I will say this, though, and I said it before the game and during the game and after the game, you do have to take what you see in training camp and in the preseason, especially in the first preseason game, with a grain of salt. The Flames' level of competition is only going to get better. Uh, Matt Coronado is going to have to start to, to prove it against NHL players as opposed to mostly AHL players like last night. But all you can do is be at your best against uh, whatever level of competition you're facing that night. And for me, he was the biggest takeaway for the Flames last night. I thought he was outstanding. Uh, I mean, the kid can think it. Uh, that That's the one thing that really jumps out to you, or at least to me when I watch him play, is that he has an incredibly high hockey IQ. And when you look at where he went to school, obviously he's a pretty smart kid. So uh, that shouldn't, shouldn't surprise us. But yeah, the shot is another weapon that he has. And uh, you, you take a look at uh, the three goals that he scored. I would say that uh, two of them uh, you could call goal scorers goals, quote unquote. And then even the assist, I think the assist that he had, guys, was as impressive as any of the goals for me because, you know, he gets in there on the forecheck, wins a puck battle along the end boards, and then moves the puck out in front, and Ben Jones puts it in the net. So Matt Coronado. All he could do last night was uh, be at his best against uh, the Abbotsford Canucks, and he was certainly that. And I haven't written his name in pen uh, under the opening night roster or into the opening night lineup, but I've got the pen in my hand. So mm-hmm. if, if he continues to to build off his performance from last night, and that doesn't mean scoring a hat trick and having four points for the rest of the preseason, but just continues to prove that uh, he can be a threat offensively and good defensively and, and just be a, a guy who the the Flames look at as a 200-foot player. Uh, I, at this point, guys, I would be surprised if he wasn't uh, on the opening night roster. What goes through your mind when Jonathan Huberto go to, goes down the tunnel? Uh, I felt for him because when he slammed his stick on the boards, I thought, uh-oh, is he doing that because he's angry there was no penalty call, or is he doing that because he suffered an injury that he thinks can potentially be significant? Uh, thankfully it wasn't the latter and I think he was just mad. There was no penalty call on the play, but that was uh, a little dirty, a little knee on knee there. So I'm glad he's okay. But he, he's another guy who I was really happy to see perform at a high level last night. Uh, he, he, I thought last season probably tries to make a pass instead of shooting the puck in those two situations and just two perfectly placed shots. And yeah, Jonathan Huberto has always been a pass first guy. He'll be the first person to tell you that, but it's not like the guy can't score goals. He scored 20 or more six times and 30 or more two times in the league. He had 15 last year, despite having what by his standards was a horrible season. He can put the puck in the net. And I think uh, for a player and for a team that had trouble doing that last season, him scoring two and the Flames scoring 10, even in a meaningless preseason game against the, uh, the Canucks AHL affiliate for the most part, it's a good thing. And Ryan Huska said as much last night. 
We also saw Dennis Gilbert leave the game with injury. Uh, when yeah. I saw that, the one thing that I wondered is, listen, Milan Lucic is gone and fighting isn't what it used to be in the NHL, but you still need a little bit of team toughness. And when Dennis Gilbert went out, I went, hmm, all of a sudden you've lost quite a bit of that. Where Where is this team going to get some of that toughness from this season? Well, hopefully he's okay. It sounds like uh, big picture he's, going to be all right but uh, shorter term probably not some we're going to see play in a preseason game this week and the flames have three more of them so or four more of them if you include the split squad tonight so uh, knock on wood uh, but I hope he's okay because I do think that uh, you know of the position battles that I'm watching during training camp and the preseason guys the battle to be right now the number six guy and if and when Oliver Shillington is available the number seven guy that's one of them and last night, I thought Dennis Gilbert was playing a really good game prior to getting hurt, and he got in a fight. And that shouldn't surprise anybody because he played in, what, 20, 25 games last season and led the team with five fighting majors. I, I do think losing Milan Lucic and losing that toughness uh, opens a spot for someone else. You don't have to be Lucic, but uh, you have to be a threat to drop the gloves and, and stick up for yourself or your teammates. And Dennis Gilbert has proven that he can do that and will do that and did it again last night. So hey, I'm not a doctor, but it, it kind of had uh, the look of a concussion to me. So hopefully uh, he's back on the ice sooner rather than later. But I thought he played a good game. Uh, he was physical. He was uh, positioned well defensively. And uh, I think that he's in the, the fight to be that number six, seven guy. But the other guy that's in that battle, Jordan Osterley. Mm. And again, you're playing against more AHLers than NHLers. But I thought he was outstanding last night on a pairing with Chris Tanev. And I do wonder if that's the spot the Flames are trying to fill on. I don't even know. I don't even want to call it a third pairing because Tanev's on it. But it kind of looks that way when you look at the other two pairings. So, I thought Ursterly was really good, scored a goal, had an assist. Uh, I love the way he joined the rush, and defensively he was good. Now let's see if he can be that good against uh, a higher level of competition. But uh, uh, prior to the injury, uh, a good game for Gilbert, and uh, all night long a really good game for Ursterly last night. What would you make of Jake Markstrom's 20 minutes or 40 minutes of action? Uh, hard to really evaluate him last night, don't you think? Uh, I mean, he went a long stretch in the first 15 minutes without seeing the, the puck off an awful lot, which can be a challenge for a goaltender. And he stayed uh, focused uh, throughout that uh, stretch. And you know, I, I thought the, the Flames kind of fell off in the final five minutes of the first period and, and probably the first 10 to 15 minutes of the second period. And, and he got tested uh, a lot more uh, during that uh, stretch of hockey. And I thought he looked sharp. I thought he looked confident. I thought he looked quiet in this crease. And again, it's against a team that uh, doesn't have a lot of offensive firepower. Uh, the Canucks had uh, sent their A team as opposed to their Z team. Uh, I think we would probably would have a, a better feel for where Jacob Markstrom is at. But uh, I think mentally, he probably needed the offseason more than any other flame. Uh, physically, I think Chris Tanev probably did. And I thought he looked uh, 100% again last night. So uh, Markstrom... Uh, really, the Flames are only going to go as far as uh, he takes them this season. So uh, I think last night was uh, a good first step for him, if nothing else. Derek Wills is the voice of the Calgary Flames on Sportsnet 960, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Big show, Russick and Rose 960, the fan. Uh, Eric Francis, during the intermission, kind of said that maybe the Flames and Michael Backlund are getting close to a contract extension, and that ultimately would lead to be uh, named the next captain 
uh, the Calgary Flames. Is that what your gut is telling you, that ultimately he's going to stay in Calgary? My gut is telling me he is going to be named the captain. And I think... But there's no way he's named the captain without an extension, right? Here's the thing, though, fellas. I don't know how, at this point, the Flames name anybody else captain, as long as Michael Backman is on the roster. That's the sense I'm getting. Because players are speaking out about it. So... Even if you put the C on someone else, I'm not sure that the guys in the dressing room are going to look at anybody but Backlund as the captain. So I, I just I can't see them going in another direction at this point because clearly that's what the players want. Now, as Ryan Huska said uh, last week, everybody has to be on board from the ownership group to the management group to the coaching staff to the players. Uh, and I think if Backlund signs, it's a no-brainer. But I guess my question is, what if he doesn't sign? I got to give Craig Conroy some credit because I don't know about you fellas, but throughout the offseason, a lot of fans came up to me and said, why isn't Conroy doing something? Do something. Do anything. Make a trade. Sign a player. Do something. I think the reason why he's been patient is because he wanted the players to come back to Calgary and see that things were going to be different and feel that things were going to be different. And that's why, and I I know it's only a preseason game. That's why last night was important, because that had to feel different for the Flames. They played a different brand of hockey last night. They had way more freedom offensively than they did the last couple of years. And I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I do think it's a good thing from the perspective that, you know, Flames want to have fun playing the sport. And I'm not sure they had a ton of fun last year. So I think they had a lot of fun last night. How could you not? When, when you win 10 nothing, So it, it has been probably a longer process than a lot of fans and probably even uh, a longer process than, than the team w- would like. But I think Michael Backlund getting back to Calgary and seeing things are different, feeling things are different, and, and having fun playing the game and having fun being at the rink again is really important as far as his future with the Flames is concerned. And that goes for other guys too. We talk about all the pending UFAs, Elias Lindholm. Noah Hannafin has left the door open. I'd still be a little bit surprised if he signed long-term, but not completely shocked at this point. Uh, And then Chris Tanev and Nikita Zadorov. So uh, I think with Backlund, if, if he can have a smile on his face more often this season than last season, that I think he wants to stay. He's, he's hoping the flames give him a reason or reasons to stay. Now the contract's going to be part of that. He's probably got a term in mind and a dollar amount in mind. So you got to take care of that part of it. But the other part of it for me, he wants to win. So he wants to, to believe flames can contend for at least a playoff spot, if not for a Stanley cup. And he wants to have fun. So uh, I think with the way training camp has started, they're heading in the right direction as far as all of those things go. What did you think of Yegor Sharangovich yesterday? Okay. Um, playing on the right side of a line with Elias Lindholm and Jonathan Huberdeau, those three guys uh, will probably need some time to build some chemistry. Uh, I thought that uh, Huberdeau was the best of the bunch last night. I didn't notice Lindholm or Sharangovich as much, but that is not necessarily a bad thing. I'd like to see those three guys play against uh, a team comprised uh, of mainly NHLers. Again, I think Last night was a really tough game to evaluate uh, individual players or uh, the team collectively, but 
You know, Sharon Govich, uh, he plays with pace. And Ryan Hoska told us yesterday that that's one of the things that he likes, at least on paper, about Sharon Govich playing in a line with Lindholm and Huberdeau, is that the pace that he plays with is going to push the defenseman back and open up some more space for Lindholm to get into the soft spots and for Huberto to do what he does, and that's hold on to pucks and make plays. So I do think on paper those three guys work together. That doesn't always translate to working together on the ice. Uh, I, I couldn't evaluate those three guys last night uh, outside of Huberto deciding to shoot instead of pass. So for me, it's... Uh, it's going to take a little bit more time watching those guys together. But I'll add this, and I don't want to get ahead of myself because I've been telling everybody else not to get ahead of themselves. Matt Coronado is a right shot, right winger who can score. Mm-hmm. I have said, and I said this to you guys, I think it's too much to ask a guy who's played one NHL game to be the right winger on your first line to start the season. But if Sharon Govich doesn't grab that spot, and, and he might have a long enough leash to – to go into the regular season playing with Lindholm and Huberto. I don't know. But Coronado made a pretty strong case that uh, he should be considered for a top six or top nine job and and maybe even uh, a job on the right side of those two guys at some point in time of the preseason. And who knows, maybe there will be instant chemistry or maybe there won't be. But uh, I thought Sharon Govich was okay, but I uh, need to see more. Yeah, well, Derek, if you're a Flames fan, why wouldn't you want to see Jonathan Huberto feeding Matt Coronado in that wicked shot? Like, it's just something that yeah. we'd all kind of want to see. And uh, as you bring up, why not have that experiment in preseason? Because who knows? Uh, the kid could be on fire this season playing with Jonathan Huberto. You just don't know. Yeah, and I would be pretty surprised, George, if we didn't see that for a game in the preseason. Looking forward to it. Um, real quick before we let you go, how salivating is that Bills-Dolphins game this week? Well, I mean, the Bills uh, did not look very good in week one, but uh, looked really good in, in weeks two and three. Uh, the Dolphins have looked really good in all three weeks. Uh, and basically, it's a pick em. Uh I saw odds of uh, plus two and plus two and a half for the Dolphins, even after their 50-point win. Uh, so I might be jumping on that early in the week, but mm-hmm. it looks like an awesome matchup. What I... I like from a Dolphins perspective, but wouldn't like from a Bills perspective is that the game is being played in Orchard Park in September as opposed to December, right? I mean, we talked about the Dolphins home field advantage and their home field advantage in September is greater than at any other time during the season. Now it can still be very hot and very humid and it's always sunny uh, or almost always sunny there. So they've got it throughout the season, but the Bills' home field advantage, they've got a great fan base, sure, but as far as uh, the weather's concerned, their biggest advantage is later in the season. So I'm happy the game is being played uh, in week four as opposed to, to week 16 or 17, but it should be a great football game, and uh, uh, bragging rights in the AFC East are going to be on the line. It looked like it was going to be a three-horse uh, race at the start of the year, and then Aaron Rodgers goes down, and the Jets look absolutely awful. Uh, so, yeah, Bills, Dolphins, they'll be fighting it out all season long, I think. Yeah, it's way too early to flex uh, Sunday night games, but it's uh, Jets and Chiefs this Sunday night. Man, it would have been awesome to see the Bills and Dolphins on <laughs> Sunday night football that be, already. That might be 70 to 20. It looks like uh, yeah. Mahomes has got that offense figured out again. Well, no, the Jets' defense is good enough where they can keep things close. It's just Zach Wilson, that offense, no bueno right now. Yeah. And their offensive line stinks. 
Uh, Derek, um, I don't know. You can maybe try to top uh, your Sunday today. I don't know how you're going to do that. Um, but it was pretty good to be Derek Wills uh, yesterday. We'll talk to you again soon, pal. Thanks for this. Yeah, the Blue Jays dropped the ball. They only won by four. But other than that, That's it was true. a really good day. Inside the park <laughs> home run for George Springer. That was cool. Yeah, yeah. He looks gassed still. Um, yep. But yeah, it was a fun day. Looking forward to calling another Fames game tonight. And hey, I thought Megan Mickelson did a really good job at her Flames radio debut. So that was uh, another high point for me on uh, on yesterday's uh, schedule. So we'll see how it goes tonight. We'll be listening all season. Thanks for this, sir. Okay, guys. Charles Davis, NFL on CBS straight ahead. Uh, some boneheaded coaching stuff mm-hmm. yesterday in the NFL. Yes, sir. Bad losses, yep. obviously, by the Broncos. The Cowboys had a bad loss. The Jags had a bad loss. The Ravens, I think, had a bad loss. Just lots of things to talk about. And just that speed of the Miami Dolphins is ridiculous, too. Lots to talk to Charles Davis about. And uh, Matty Rose has some wicked hot preseason takes to unleash on you at 830. Yep. I um, have watched uh, one full preseason game that was a solid thumping of a team that maybe collectively will amass 10 NHL games this season. And I have all the answers for you. Okay. I know exactly how it's going to go. And text in your uh, way too uh, ridiculously hot overreaction flames takes. We'll get to those at 830. Uh, it's all straight ahead. It's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan.